0: What's up man, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Yes, sir.
1: How are you doing?
0: I'm fine. Thank you. How are you over there?
1: I'm great. Sorry. It was a little wild this morning. Um, So at the gym that I own, we have a couple businesses. Right. And uh, one of them I share the office and then I called him, I said, do you have any patients? He's like, yeah, I actually do. And it was at 10 a.m. So I moved my computer into one of our recovery rooms. That's fine. You can see my leg sleeves and there's a cold plunge.
0: Right. Oh, wow, that's fantastic.
1: Yeah. So like somebody might walk in at some point, but it's
0: it's no big deal. Yeah, no or problem you? at all actually. I mean, you're not even late. I mean, it's two, two, 2 minutes past 10 for your for your time. I try to be So that's that, that's perfect. So, yeah. So where are you at? Are you in Germany? I'm in Germany, Berlin. 6 hours behind you.
1: Yeah, that's right. I was there in the uh 2021 high rocks world championships so i oh, stayed really? in berlin and then yeah and then i took a train to leipzig so yeah very cool city i actually got a chance to run around it went through the park
0: well oh, that's that's we fun. were right
1: right next to the berlin wall but yeah cool place
0: oh very fun yeah,
1: i listened to, listen to some of your other uh, shows the other day and i really enjoyed those oh really cool people
0: wow that's yeah. an honor. which one which one yeah. did you listen to
1: so there's the uh he's a he had like a big fitness journey. He's a black guy. He was talking about awareness in the world, like being being in awe of the world. That was really good. Um, and then you had a guy talking about eating, like a- animal versus vegan versus all that. Yes, yeah, that was really because that's like a, a topic I really like. You know, I think there's a lot of like misnomers around all that. Very so it's so good to like. Very true. who's yeah, he's an engineer. not just you know whatever looks good on instagram i'm gonna i'm gonna chase that so yeah i enjoyed it i don't get a lot of time to listen to anything unless i'm like on the treadmill for an hour or so
0: awesome well well yeah thanks a lot thanks for uh appreciating my work i've put some some hours into the this podcast although you know recently i've uh i had a bunch of things to do at the for university and for work and some projects coming up so this is like after. Uh, can you hear me at all? There we go. Okay, so something's going on with the connection.
1: All right, I've got you back on mine. You had frozen, but I could still hear
0: you. Right, I've got you right. Now. Same here, though. So you were frozen. I couldn't see you move, but okay. Let, let, let's hope that this will. Okay. Yeah, my Wi Fi is fine. Well, let, let's just hope that everything will work will we'll make it work. Right. So I haven't done a, a podcast in a couple of weeks because I had some projects um, <clears throat> at school and work and whatever. So f- glad Marty to be you glad to be back back podcasting. That's very fun. Are
1: you in school in, in Berlin?
0: Yes. I'm I'm in medical school in Berlin. Nice. Yeah, that's great, man. Right. Well, wow.
1: right. Are a busy, busy guy, work and school?
0: Yeah, but um like visiting I've I visited the U.S. a couple couple months ago because my girlfriend is from the U.S. We we were in South Carolina actually, and which yeah. is like right next to you. And so, do you you're friends with Aaron Brown? Is that right?
1: Aaron Brown. I'm trying to think. Oh yes, yes, Aaron Brown. Yeah.
0: Right, Aaron Brown. Sorry. And so, like, I I did a podcast with him actually. Oh no kidding. Right, right. And then and then yeah. I texted him when I was in the U.S. It's here. What's that? He
1: was just here. He trains about
0: you. Oh, that's fun. You can tell him, hey, I just talked to to your other friend from Berlin. Yes. He'll be like, oh, yeah, I, I, I remember him. So, and the, yes. the funny story is I, I told him, well, I'm, I actually visited the U.S. and I'm still here, but we'll fly back to Germany a couple days. He's like, come on, you could have told me in the beginning of your journey because I'm like three hours away from you. I could have just come over and we could have yeah. done a training session. And then um, I thought all the High Rocks posters on the wall of your gym are from him because I always see them in his Insta stories. I was like, man, you you seem to be some, you know, some superhero in High Rocks. He's like, no, 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 they're not mine. They're from from my buddy, Taylor, who just won the world championships uh, in Manchester. I like, whew, that's, you know, world is small. And now I'm talking to you. That,
1: that's so funny, man. Yeah. yeah, he's a great guy. He was just here, he's training with his partner. He's going to do his first High Rocks. Yeah, he told me. In- yeah, co-ed. So I'm actually going to do the same race with a co-ed here as well. So it's going to be nice. fun. It'll be like a race that's not stressful.
0: <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So, um, well, l- let's, let's call this all an intro that we just did. Um, just want right. to say thank you again for agreeing to talk to me. Um, I particularly enjoy talking to athletes, you know, because as an athlete myself, I know that, you know, being an athlete, going through this intense work and everything you experience in competitions in training, etc., is, you know, shaping you in a way that, you know, cannot be compared to anything else that people do in life. So whenever I talk to athletes, there's just this mutual understanding. You don't even have to say much and you know what each other has gone through, you know, especially if you do the same kind of sport. So, um, and the insights I gain from conversations with athletes is always mind blowing, you know, cause I always, I try to understand why they do what they do. And that's actually what I'm trying to figure out today. So give, give me maybe an impression of, um, who you are, maybe professionally, and then let's talk about your training history.
1: Sure. So I think most people would recognize me as like, I own Reach Functional Fitness here in Knoxville, Tennessee. So this is like. East Tennessee near South Carolina. Um, I've owned this for five years before that I was an investment advisor owned a company. I sold that. And that is what helped fund reach. I was in my mid thirties at the time I'll be fourth here, And so like professionally, that's what I do. I own the gym, I private coach, and then I own team reach training, which is like our online training platform, does training plans through train heroic. Uh, so that's how I am professionally. I'm married, have three kids, um, and I've been in fitness my whole life, uh, but not professionally. I, I didn't get into owning a gym or anything like that until yeah. five years ago. So that was just like, I needed a change and we can explore that if you'd like. But yeah. I, I decided to do this years ago and kind of here we are. And so that's who I am kind of professionally. And then athletically, I grew up playing soccer. Mm-hmm. I played in college and I didn't get into like kind of fitness competition until uh, my late twenties, I did like a competition, and then I didn't get into like hybrid um, until a couple of years ago. Really, my my first race was Austin, Texas, 2021, um, and I won like the first two races I did. But uh, before that, I had not. I had done a race called the Navy Seal Extreme Off Road Challenge here, Oof. and won that. But then there wasn't anything to do right. for ten years. That was back in two thousand nine. So I had my first like taste of hybrid racing in two thousand nine, and I did not do it again until two thousand twenty one. Oh, wow! Uh, it just wasn't a thing, other than Spartan racing, right? Um, and so that's that's kind of where I'm at now. And you know, like you said, you see the banners and stuff, and uh, hybrid sports have opened up a huge opportunity for sport but also for gyms because professionally you, you need to have a gym where you can train like that. And those gyms are not common. And so Mm -hmm. the cool thing about like, you can do anything here, hybrid powerlifting, Olympic lifting, whatever you want to do, CrossFit. And so now with the rise of hybrid sports, you now have the rise of gyms like mine. So not only does like where I'm currently at in life, the season I'm in, like I get all this great athletic uh, things that I can go do, but it also like helps my business.
2: Oh yeah, absolutely. And
1: so, an athlete and an entrepreneur, like it's a really cool place to be personally because I don't have to feel guilty about working out four hours a day because that's like inspiring to my members. I can film content, uh, I can test programming on athletes in person. Yeah, and uh, so it's. Like, It's like a win-win situation, so I feel you know I feel really blessed for that. So it's it's cool because if you know you get into the mindset stuff, it's my training. It's like doubly beneficial, you know. Outside of like the health and all that, helps me in my sport, but it actually helps me in my business.
0: Absolutely, yeah, yeah, and and it helps a bunch of other people.
1: It does, you know, and so. You know, you kind of look at the success of your life by is everybody else around you, is their life better because you're in it. And if it is, then it doesn't matter how much money you make or not make. If you're bettering other people's lives around you, then to me. Hmm. Very fortunate to be like where I'm at. And so I don't judge. everybody's a lot better. You know, are we bettering the people around us? Am I improving as an individual? Yeah. So that's a place to be. feel very privileged to have that.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. So um, you mentioned you your your training journey started off by playing soccer, and it took you some time to get into more of a hybrid style of training. So how old were were you when you got into sports, and what exactly... Uh, pulled you into that realm because you know people um, depends on the age of course but I feel like people especially at a young age they do all kinds of shit you know they don't they they experience you know whatever they do but it, it's not helping them to to become better human beings generally speaking right as a as a rule and then you know I, I talked to to your buddy Aaron and like his story is quite fascinating because he told me about all the yeah. all the trouble he went through you know all the stuff he, he he had to go through it was it was quite stunning to hear cuz he you know r- r- like he was going through all this all this all this crazy uh, you know all these crazy, crazy things that most people wouldn't be able to to bear and then yeah, oh yeah. you know he was able to pull himself out of that and just he you know he found hypnotherapy and that helped him a lot and then he found fitness and that transformed his life so um, were you in in a similar place? Like what was your story? Because generally when I talk to very successful people, the general theme is they were like at the bottom and then something crazy happened to them. They were able to pull them some, some themselves out of this pit again. And now they are successful, you know? And people think that's how they were born and they understand the background yep. story.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, i can kind of give you the abridged version. Like, I grew up in Mississippi, mm-hmm. so, and I started playing soccer when I was seven. Seven. Uh, mm-hmm. Funny story: the first team I ever played for, we lost every single game. <laughs> we won our last game. The team we beat. I was on that team next year, and we won a state championship. So I went from being the worst to like the best right. in you know one season. So having some failure. Uh, played soccer my whole life. I, I'm one of five kids. So like my parents just didn't have the ability to get us everywhere. So I'm, you know, there's three boys and two girls. Mm -hmm. The girls were not in sports, but all of us, the sons, we all played. So, but we were allowed to play one sport. We just didn't have the time or resources
2: to do that. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: My dad was a phenomenal athlete. He didn't play soccer, but you know, basketball, football track, you know, he's one of those people who's like, just worked really hard, but also had He's a little guy, but like had like superhuman speed. Right. So like we inherited that. Yeah. Right. So that was kind of really beneficial. Uh, I get into high school and at this time I've been playing soccer for, you know, eight years. Um, I've won a couple state championships. I get into high school, but I'm still small of stature. Mm -hmm. So, you know, freshman year, I probably weighed 120 pounds. I was like five, six. Um, a coach said something to me, you know, and unlike a lot of people's story, I don't have something real dramatic. Like I, I, my parents are still married. Like I had an amazing upbringing, uh, growing up in the South in the United States. So very modest. But, uh, there, if there's one thing that stands out to me, it's when I got into high school and I had a coach say to me, Taylor, for all your gifts and talents, you know, he's like, you have the body of a 14 year old girl. That's what he told me,
0: Oof. right? It's a punch in the face, so I, yeah. I,
1: I as a punch in the face. I didn't work out at the time. Um, I had some genetic gifting, but like I trained soccer 10 hours a day. Right. Like I ate, slept, and breathed. So like obviously my conditioning is going to be insane. Right. My footwork going to be good. Um, and just body-to-body contact, like I was just generally kind of strong, but was not strong to people who lifted weights or did calisthenics. Mm-hmm. He makes this comment to me as a 14-year-old boy. So, you know, you're post-tubescent age. You're the lowest guy on the totem pole in high school. I actually played for the varsity team. and was a starter, but I was tight. Um, And so he makes this comment to me. um, And I think a lot of people, if they heard that, like you you tell somebody that, that's like crushing, right? Um, And I like to think that, everybody would respond the way I did, but I don't think that's reality. What I did was that day I went home and I remember I was in the shower after soccer practice and I'm like, man, do I, I really have like the body of a teenage girl. Like, and that day I asked my parents to get me a gym membership mm-hmm. and I started working out. I started working out at the YMCA and that was 25 years ago. Oh wow. And, I don't think I've ever taken more than two weeks off since then.
0: Wow! Uh,
1: and you know I've had injuries and stuff like that, but I have worked out like fanatically since I was 14 in a weight room, um, and I started, you know, I started training twice a day like 15 years ago.
2: Yeah. So yeah.
1: Uh, those things where that was a pivotal moment in my life because it was more like an ego check, but then like the first time I went to the gym, it must me, everybody was stronger than me. Sure. Everybody, like yeah. my buddies were benching 135 for reps. Like, I could barely hold the, the the 20 kilo bar. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was, like, I was like, man, I maybe I am just weak. But yeah. instead of like, caving to that mindset, it was like, oh man, like if I'm already this good at athletics and I don't really train, imagine how much better I can be. And, I want to prove this guy so wrong right right? i remember i just like went beast mode for years and creatine came out in the 90s so like started taking creatine and protein and i remember like you know like two years down the road everybody's like dude like you're like you're looking like pretty good you know and like body people up on the soccer field it helped with my speed my endurance so that was really like a, a pivotal moment i go into college and i uh i'm at this time i'm doing you know playing soccer but I'm doing more bodybuilding, mm, right? Mm. Like what we do now, what we know is like functional training now, really was reserved for like professional athletes. Yeah. No gay person was doing this. Like you were going to the gym, you were doing bench, curls, leg extensions, yeah. which are great. Sure. But like you know, I wouldn't say they are the, the, the course, the core of training for like athletics, mm. right? And so I got into college. And I kind of got overly muscular mm. as a soccer player, and so it really hindered my like mobility.
0: Yeah, yeah, sure. Right, mm.
1: I was long and fast, but like I was very prone to injury. Sure. Because like you know my nutrition wasn't the best, um, and uh, I didn't um, I didn't train for athletics. I trained to look good, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you're going to get strong doing that. So that's really where I got into it. And then it was later in life that I discovered hybrid fitness. Obviously there's a huge gap there and I stayed in shape. Uh, but at that time I got really fascinated with like the movie 300, um, and you know, Captain America and like, yeah. how do these guys train for these movies? Right. How do they, how could I look amazing, but like still be a beast athlete? Yeah. And, and then CrossFit comes out and all this and, so, I started like programming for myself. I read like every book, you know, I watched all the videos, and YouTube didn't exist at the time. Um, but like, I was really inspired by like, man, it, imagine if you could like look the part, but also be really fit. So, I started programming about oh, man, 18 years ago. Um, and so then that just kind of led me in. But yeah, when hybrid fitness came out, probably in my mid 30s, um, that's when I really started dialing in. Like, I want to be I want to be good at a sport, or the the sport of hybrid, but I also still want to like look like I work out. So that's right. really been my journey. As I play, I was a one sport guy. I played sports. I played soccer my whole life, um, and I, I played other sports recreationally in the neighborhood. But soccer was the only choice I had. Played through college, and then you know you get out of school and you have you got nothing to do. So I just you know I just weight trained. Yeah, um, and then. You know, we had Spartan come out, and all these different things, and I stayed generally healthy. But it's weird. It's you hear a lot of guys my age say, "This is the the best shape I've ever been in my life." That's like such a cliche, (laughs) Uh,
2: but
1: it is. You know what I'm saying? Like, sure. If I look my, if I look at my 5K, my 400, my 200, my squat, I'm literally better at everything at at 40 than I was at
0: one. You know, people, you know what mis- what I mean? people confuse peak uh, potential with actual yeah. results. So people, uh, you know, I, I talk to a couple of friends and they'd be like, oh, I, ha- I really have to make sure that I get this fit by this age because then performance starts declining. And they, you know, this is a very stupid mentality. I think we have to bust this myth real, real, real quick before we continue because uh, what, what does decline is your potential to reach your peak performance. So like, imagine your potential to run a 5k is like, I don't know what's the world record, something ridiculous, but let's say 13. That's would be an insane time, 13 minutes on 5k. Let's say this is your potential. This is my potential that I would ever reach if I do everything right. So uh, maybe with 25 and then maybe my, maybe my potential best 5k time drops as I age to like 15 minutes or 16 minutes. As I'm a proc- as as I'm um, going towards being forty years old, but still, like probably I'll never get to that level because even sixteen minutes is an, is an insane time for 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 a five k. So so if you do train consistently and your goal is not to become like to to reach your absolutely maximum potential at one specific thing, because that's also what you have to consider. You combine your training. Twenty things simultaneously because you want to be an all-rounder, a, a hybrid athlete, right? That that is able to be to be fit and sustain load in different kinds of sports. So that's just I think where the confusion comes from. Well, people people think, well, how is that possible? That you're in your, in your best shape of your life as you're, you know, getting forty. That's that's not possible. But that's exactly the reason why.
1: And I think too, people have to be honest with themselves. Like, are if that's truly your goal is to achieve X, Y, or Z, are you really doing what it
0: takes? Oh, sure.
1: Are you really doing it? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and, I, and I'm nothing special, but when I, mean, I work 100 plus hours a week, I have three kids. You know, I train 40 <laughs> private sessions a week, and I still have time to work out two to three hours a day.
2: Wow. And I
1: have a wonderful relationship with my wife. Yeah. It's how you, you know, like it's how you maximize your time. But you're absolutely right. Uh, the, like the thing for younger people, it's hard to understand is they might look at somebody like me, and the assumption is going to be, you know, uh, genetics, uh, PED. Yeah, yeah, PED. Uh, you know, yeah. their circumstance, like I could do that, blah, blah, blah. You know, but the, what they don't know is, like, you're, you're seeing me now, yeah. right? You see me now. You've not seen what I've done the last 25
2: years. Yeah.
1: You know what I'm saying? And so like, if you just meet me now and you walk, we walk in the gym, you're like, man, that's, and you're 40, you look at me and you're like, PD's. he's got, he's got to be cheating. Yeah. You yeah. know what I'm saying? But what you don't realize is that I, when you've done something for so long and you just get marginally better every day and you stay healthy and all that, like you can get better for a long time. Oh, like, yeah. To me, that's very encouraging. As an owner of a gym, it's amazing because like kind of my passion is for like men my age they're always like, they give up, right? Like, oh, I'm 35. I had a shoulder injury eight years ago. I can never achieve anything. They spend five minutes around me at reach and they think they can climb Mount Everest. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Wait, if he can do it, I can do it. Now, I'm not going to compare myself to where he's at because he's done it for 25 years. He owns the gym. Part of his job is actually fitness. Yeah. Like my lifestyle, but like if I can get halfway there, I'm going to be better, than, better than I could, than I ever was. Sure. And so that's really encouraging for people. And so if you're around high performers, you're gonna you're gonna be elevated. Uh, but I think you're right. We need to. The fitness industry is getting better about it, but like, just continue to not. I think we have, and this pertains to nutrition too. Mm-hmm. We have a victim mindset. So like. I can't achieve this because I had X, Y injury. Well, I tore my pec in 2013 and was told I'd never be able to bench again. And look, you know, I'm perfectly fine. Yes. Uh, had to be attached, had to go through living hell of uh, recovery. Couldn't do a pull up for two years. Wow. And you know, now you would never know it, you know? So it just having a victim mindset, it's just, I can't lose weight because I have a thyroid issue. I'm like, have you been to the doctor and have that actually tested? Or are you just saying that? Yeah. Yeah. And then like, Okay, we're doing the same workout, but you're not, you don't have the same outcome. Like, you don't have the same result, all that, because you're working at a five RPE and you eat like crap.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, we do the same training, but if I take two people and this guy is immaculate on his nutrition, he sleeps, he, he is taking every set to its max potential, doing you know following it to a protocol, and this guy does the same workouts, but he's putting significantly less effort in, mm. his sleep is terrible you know, he he doesn't eat properly. They are not gonna look the same or perform the same in a year. Yet this guy's gonna go look at him and say, There must be something that he's either doing like they can't take responsibility. Mm. He's either cheating or I have some deficiency that's outside of my control. Right. It's my genetic it's I have hormonal issues or whatever it is. And like there's there's a scapegoat mentality of like, look. If you want to have success, you have to take responsibility for your actions. You have to be honest with yourself.
2: Yeah. yeah if you are
1: yeah. going to eat days and then you are going to binge drink with your friends on the weekend, you can't expect to have an amazing physique. Sure. So don't come out and say, "Well, I tried; it doesn't work." Have you really tried?
0: You know, it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. You know, it, you have some confirmation bias going on. Like, if you the the interesting the interesting phenomenon is. And this is like literally the case. This is how your vision works, by the way. It's like, whatever you think about, that's what you see. That's what you perceive. And I actually talking to Aaron, he told me a very interesting story that happened to him at at hypnotherapy. So at his first session, the the, um, therapist asked him, so um, you just look around and try to look at everything that's yellow. Okay. So, look around and try to try to find everything that's yellow in this room. Now close your eyes and tell me everything that's green. And he was like, Aaron was like, oh, well I was supposed to pay attention on the yellow things. Like I have no idea what green stuff is in this room. Then he opened his eyes like, little, like so many things were green and he couldn't name them. Because when you pay attention, you can't pay attention to 10 things simultaneously. So you pay attention to one and everything else you don't see. And <clears throat> that's a long way of saying um what i 'm trying to say is when your your focus is when your belief is sa- same with beliefs, when your belief is oh, there must be something that prevents me from getting there, and you're, you you only you basically only pay attention to that because that 's what you 're convinced of like i 'm not there because of x then you will be confirmed that's what you're going to perceive because there might be certain reasons, right? It's not unreasonable. Certain people are gifted. They're better at recovery. That There are certain things that distinguishes one per- person from another. But at the same time, you could just literally tell yourself to recalibrate your attention and then suddenly you would go into the opposite direction, right? Absolutely.
1: It's so true. And I think you know, self fulfilled prophecy is something I've always, I've always been really in tune with. That, like, I just don't want to speak negative things out. Like, yeah, leading up, yeah, you know, leading up to our world championships, when people would ask me, like, how do you think you'll do? One hundred percent of the time, I said, I'm winning. Right. But yeah, there's, I'm not flying to England to lose. You know, like, how are you so confident? So like, well, if you see what I do every day, you're gonna know that I'm gonna win. I'm gonna bet on me, one hundred percent of the time. And speaking this into existence every day and in my training, thinking about that, like this is what a world champion does. Like, you know, when it gets difficult, I'm still going to do it. I'm speaking it into existence. So that's, again, that's my focus is I'm not thinking about second place, third place or whatever. Like I know what it's going to take to win. I'm going to, that's what I'm going to do. And so I can kind of manifest that belief. right. Um, right. There's, a, there's another side to this of like, People are, are scared to fail. And so, you know, if you have a scapegoat, whether it's genetics, uh, my family eats poor around me, I have social pressure. Like you have all these things you can blame it on. Um, I think what happens is like having those in your back pocket as ammunition makes people feel better if they fail. So one example might be, let's just say that I'm going to the world championship, but I'm scared that if I go all in and I don't get the result that I wanted, then I'm a failure, right? So what I do is I, I sabotage my training or I come up with, I predispose excuses. And so when I don't make it, let's say I get 15th place, which is amazing, but my goal was first. I get 15th and I'm like, well, the reason is, is because, well, I didn't train as hard because I kind of got bored. And then, you know, there was a couple Weekends where I, family came in town and I had to eat poorly. And so like you've already set up all of these excuses that you're going to use mm. as to why you didn't make it or get your goal so that it doesn't have to feel like a personal failure. Mm. It feels like, well, it's because of all of these reasons.
2: Yeah, and
1: yeah. So i scared that if, if you had no reasons and you still didn't make it, then you would be considered a failure. And that is, my friend, that is not failing. Yeah, if, if you go all in and you don't succeed, like, but what is the definition of success? To me, the definition of success is perpetually bettering yourself towards a goal that you may never achieve.
0: Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, absolutely.
1: A successful person, a successful person is doing the things every day.
0: That's that's absolutely right. To be successful
1: is a is a state of being. Yes, yes, yes. You know? So I'm being successful every day by stacking up little wins and so to just look at success as a singular event or singular dollar figure you're going to make, that's just
0: like, that's just, it's not a state. I think you put it very well. It's definitely not a state because if you think of someone who is successful, like you would say he's this, he's this, he's that, but he has to take certain uh, well he uh, he does certain things either to maintain this level or to improve himself so it's actually yeah. all all predicated on action it's same with saying yes. you're a good person good person is not yeah. oh now I am a good person now yeah. I can like stop doing whatever cuz now I'm a good person no 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 it's a proce- it's it's a process it's a it's a set of yes. actions right it's not a set of uh of st- like it's not a state that you inhabit it's a set of actions and same so, yeah i think it's a that's a very good point yeah
1: you know, I think about it, my own journey, like having come off that uh, winning the world championships. It's like we succeeded. Right. Right. In that 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 was just one singular mission. Right. That in the grand scheme, it's not that important. It, what's important to me is like, I mean, the day after I'm already thinking like my next training and yes. like I can use what I've learned to help better other people. You know, and like whether we I have any personal success winning ever again doesn't really change the mindset every day. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't change trying to influence people positively, it doesn't change writing programming, it doesn't change my behaviors in the gym. You know, it might if I don't want to try to pursue something like that again, obviously it changes the volume and intensity of my training. Mm -hmm. But like I'm still doing the same things to better myself every day. So I think it's it is one of those things where people They don't want to be vulnerable in that state of like, man, this is my dream, my goal. I'm going to pursue it because they're worried about what people will think if they fail. And let me tell you, like I have failed many times. I will continue to fail many times. And the outcomes are basically the same. Like people still love you, still care about you, still respect you, whether you have that moment in time or not. Right. And people are going to respect you more by the habits you have every day and what you do when it doesn't work out. Um, and if you never can really appreciate those big moments, if you've not had a lot of failure along the way, it's just, you can't, you can't enjoy it. That was my third world championship, you know? So it felt really sweet to win it the third time, you know, like to win it on my third attempt because there was a lot of hardship that went into the first two attempts they were they were actually outside of my control right you know the last championship i didn't get a teammate till 13 hours before the race oh wow i shoot las vegas with no teammate because my teammate got hurt
2: yeah
1: and which was aaron Bond. and oh, so wow. you know yeah and so but i competed i think we got seventh i was happy with that i'm like never even met the guy so the success story is like man like what driver you flew out there anyway had no racer, had no way to get somebody. Like I went on a social campaign, found somebody, and then convinced High Rocks to let us race together.
2: Yeah.
1: And to toe the line. You know what I'm saying? And like I didn't get the ultimate goal, but my ultimate goal was like I wasn't going to quit. Like I wanted to go to the yeah, world. Yeah. I wanted to go to the stage. To me, like I feel like that's a success story. Do you know what I'm saying? Like a- Absolutely. I wanted, I wanted it to happen, and we made it happen, and I don't regret any of it.
0: I think uh, I think that's what people mean when they say the journey is the goal. I think that's what they I think that's what they mean because people people think like, like what do you mean journey is the goal? Like you do this to win, but then if you think about it, the winning moment is like literally a second. Like this is this is a small fraction from everything that happens that day, that whatever. And like if if you if you um compare it to your entire life, you know, it's 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 nothing. It's Totally insignificant, but inter- interestingly enough, like the lessons you can pull from the actual experience from the journey are the exact same ones, regardless of whether you lose or win. Because look, if you win a game, if you win a soccer game, if you win High Rocks, there are certain things that you have done right during the race. And there are certain things that you can improve on during the race. This is like true regardless of you lo- if it, whether you lose or win. Re- regardless of how the soccer match was, you know, went. It's
1: not 90 minutes,
0: yeah. It's 90 minutes and of these 90 minutes, certain things you've done spectacularly well and then you, there were certain mistakes that you could improve on next time, whether you win or not. And so, And so if you fail or if you win, I think the humbling moment that has to happen for many people is the realization that Okay, so yes, I'm I'm happy. Like winning could be an indication that you're on the right path, right? It could be like okay, yeah. if I win, it means I have done something right, and maybe I've done more right than wrong. But the 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 more correct approach would be to look back on the actual race and see and, and look at the things that went right and 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 see which things you can still improve on. Absolutely. So yeah. yeah, it's good to
1: do and I think to um, and I you know, I mentor a lot of our members on this and I mean, my personal opinion is that fitness is very low hanging fruit to better yourself. Mm. Very low fruit, right? Like a 30 minutes to 90 minutes a day. It's like, no one can tell you no, you know what I'm saying? Like if you own a business and your job is sales, your success is a hundred percent contingent on another human being being agreeable. Yeah. Right. I could talk to a thousand people if they all tell me no, and I make no money. Yes, right? If I go to the gym, no one can say, "Taylor, you can't you can't do curls." <laughs> I get to choose to do that. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? So I am in control of that outcome and that success. It's not contingent on another human being being agreeable. For me, there are very few things in your life where you have complete control over. You have complete control over whether you're going to get up and go run or you're going to do the push-ups or whatever, you get to choose that, right? You might be in a relationship, and you can't control what your significant other does, right? Yeah. They may do something you disagree with. Your parents may do something you disagree with. There's right. all these things. The driver may run the red light and hit you, and, you know, and now you're injured or late to work or whatever. You had no control of that. Fitness, man, you control what you do.
0: Absolutely. It's
1: low you can get wins from that every day, little wins. Like, I showed up. That's the hardest part. The training got it done. You start stacking these wins every day, man. And then you, again, you just can build off of that. But what's amazing is, like you said, the lessons. I'm a business owner. This is not my first business. I'm like a serial entrepreneur it's, uh, to some extent. Mm-hmm. And being able to come in here and do really difficult things almost every single day and work immense out, like, it, It makes it so much easier for me to do the hard things in business. There you go. So like, for example, I'll give you the last year when I went to Worlds, I find out 11 days before Worlds. Well, I actually had an original partner. He had to back out. I had no partner. So then I got Aaron. So we re-registered. Aaron gets hurt 11 days out. Oh, boy. Now I have no partner. I'm scouring the internet. I can't find anybody because first off, they have to be there in Vegas. Yeah, and I convince High Rocks to let them race. So anybody who knows me knows that like I will find a yes person. I don't care how many people I talk to or how many brick walls I got to run through. If I've got to do it, I'm going to find a way to do it. So again, you fly out there, literally you campaign for two days. Okay, I've secured an athlete. Uh, 11 to 13 hours out, we meet the night before. And then now I've got to find out who I need to talk to in High Rocks. So I'm leveraging every person I know. You know, I'm talking to Mark and Lauren. I'm talking to this person. Then they're like, you need to talk to this person. And I'm just blowing people up on the phone, writing yeah, emails. Yeah. I, I did not fly all the way, halfway you know, across the country to stand on the sidelines. And so it made it happen. So compare that to like, I'm in, you know, I own this company and – I want to do something different. I want to grow our business, right? And there's going to be people who don't think I should do certain things. Mm. Maybe they don't see the vision, but I see the vision, Mm. right? And I'm going to hear no from some people, and I'm going to get encouragement from others, but I'm the one driving the vision. This is what I believe. I've already internally, like I have decided this is what I'm doing. Do you think anybody's going to stop me from doing that? Because I have a history of overcoming Hard things every single day. That's it. As right now, I'm going through a really tough transition with the business. We're going through a growth model. Wow. I've had to have some very, very difficult conversations the last 48 hours. Most people are really excited, but some people are not going to like it. Um, there, there is already immense obstacles in our way right now. Yes. The truth is, is I will die before the I don't make these things happen. Do you know what I'm saying? But when you have done hard things every single day for years, for decades, you've overcome people saying no, you've done one more rep, you've run the right. intervals, suffered, right? Then it's just another challenge. And you almost become so numb to it that like it's not even a challenge anymore. You're just so used to like just getting so when people are talking about stressful things from their life, I try to be empathetic right but the, the same token i'm like we live in a first world country you literally have no problems right you know what i'm saying like right you got, you got a little bit of stress but like it, our life is amazing yes you know oh and it's like oh you're having bad relationship or whatever like okay if you've done everything and they're not reciprocating there's eight billion people like move on
2: you right
1: you know if this person is not agreeable when your business like i'm not saying run over them but like if you're the sole decision maker you have to make the decision and You can't put their feelings in in the way of that. So I I think that the main thing with fitness is easy entry, barrier to entry is low, low low-hanging fruit. You can stack little victories every day, and they they get bigger, right? Mm -hmm. You progressively get stronger, faster, more fit. Those wins, they change the way you think. Yes. They change the way you behave. You can apply that in other areas of your life, like your relationship with your significant other, your spouse. My wife and I have been married. Uh, for well, we got married in 2017, so you know it's it's coming up on a long time uh, 18 years, seven, 16 years, something like that. And uh, people say, like, you know, how is your relationship so good? And it's simple. I have we have put the time in, right? When it was really difficult, when our kids were young and it was hard to have intimacy and hard to go on dates, we still did the things every yes, day because yes, to pay dividends down the road, you yes. know what I'm saying. When I get injured in the gym, I don't just quit. What can I do? And I I focus my energy on that because it's going to pay dividends down the road. So being able to look at fitness and using this as a really good tool to apply to the rest of your life, it's it's just such a great uh, tool that people can use in their life. Because, again, you're in control of it. You get to make the decision, and it's low-hanging fruit. And it has taught me so much about discipline, about myself. Like, what am I really willing to do? So, if I'm willing to do this, if I'm willing to get up at three o'clock in the morning and train and work till nine p.m. at night, well, certainly I should be willing to like humble myself and admit when I'm wrong to my spouse, right? Because I, the other side of that, is a wonderful relationship, and I have to humble myself to get there. If that makes sense. So,
0: man, I try make, to this make. You you, you can believe how much this resonates with with my thought process, you know, or my conclusions Good. that I drew from training. And like I get similar messages from other professional athletes. I I talk I, I love talking to because because they tell me all these same things and the the ways in which uh, training has transformed their lives. And it's generally the same pattern. But I think you you know the way you 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 boil it down to these most important messages was was absolutely absolutely fantastic so you know don't worry. So, you're fine.
1: our gym phone rings on every apple device like it'll ring on the uh, ipad it's right right I,
0: no, no worries no worries at all okay we can cut this these five seconds yeah. out that's just n- no problem so um And I, I really like your point about relationships. Like people just don't understand how much, uh, the experience you get from working out transfers to other areas of life. It's like, it's completely incomprehensible and you won't be able to understand it unless you really put in the work and, you know, we come full circle to what we talked about in the beginning with, um, with when you, when you told me you get into the mindset of winning and this is the only thing that's on the table and like all other options are off the table. Yeah. You don't even think about you do, you don't even consider them. And that's how I think yeah. I'm in a great relationship right now. We're planning on getting married by the way, so everything is going amazing. And so what what I told myself is a very similar thing. And I got this from training. Like it taught me these things. It taught me that yeah. this mindset works because you have no proof, right? Like who are you who are you to tell that saying this is the only thing that is going to happen and everything is off the table, that this actually works. But if you go into fitness, you will experience these things. You will experience that delayed gratification is a thing, that this is actually a thing and makes your life better. Because yeah, you work hard for like two hours a day, but on a, as a whole, your life you know, gets dramatically better. That's one yes. thing you mentioned, right? You're, you're doing this hard work, or you're admitting that you're wrong to your spouse, you feel uncomfortable in the moment, As a whole, you know, as a result of that, the relationship improves. So that's what you learn from fitness. And also what I, what I told myself is like, this relationship will last period. Like other options are off the table. That that's all like, and, and now I don't have, I don't have, um, excuses in my pocket that I can just pull out. Oh, it didn't work because of that. It didn't work because of my mom. It didn't work because of someone else. It didn't work because of some external factor. They're gone, like the only yeah. thing, right, the only thing that has influence in that is me and my, par- and, and my girlfriend, like, th- th- yes. th- it's us. And we had this mutual agreement, we're not leaving and period, you know, like everything we have to do has to be directed towards improving this relationship. Yeah. And so I think it that is, was such an amazing point you made, really.
1: You have to go all in. And so if I wanted to win this world championship, I had to go all in on Yes. That, right? This is who I'm married to. I don't want a mediocre relationship. Yes. I want the best marriage that has ever existed. And that means I must go all in on that. Yes. Okay. And so that means. Exactly right. Put the work in day in, day out. My business, same way. I won't reach to be like a gym that has never existed. I have to go all in on it because this is where I'm at. This is it. This is what I've made a commitment to. Yeah. I need to go all in on it. Because the only way that you're going to get to that other side, and so you know, it's kind of cool owning a gym. You know, I can sit in a sauna and talk to people, or the plunge, or whatever. And you know, I don't have all the answers, but I've got decent life experience. Yeah, uh, I'm not afraid to share my failures and stuff like that. But you know, a lot of times people do get into the relationship side with me. It's like you know, how you know, how do you have this relationship with your spouse, your friends, or whatever? Like fitness, like how did you get there? And again, that kind of mindset is like all in. You got to go all in. On, right. Like, this is where you're this is where you were born. This is the person you met. Like, you know, let's go with that. And, you know, just as it pertains to my spouse, you know, we met in 2004, so we've been together almost 20 years. Got married in 2007, and, you know, I would say our marriage has always been great. But like, you you go through phases. Yeah, you know? yeah. But like, I look at like these couples that have been together for 50 years, and like, man, they're just still like madly in love. I'm like, so, but they had to go through. You know, the, the harder, less comfortable phases. Like when your kids are small, it's very difficult. So, yeah, you're right. It's, it's having those uncomfortable things. Like, look, if you want to have really muscular legs, you're going to have to do this workout. Like, I, there's some workouts I do, man. And I, I I know you can relate where I'm like genuinely nervous about my next set. <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? Because I know how bad it's going to hurt. Right. 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 And I also know that it's not just going to hurt in that moment it's probably going to hurt for a few more days. Yes. Right. I've conditioned my mind and body for that. So like now, again, as a relationship, I know having this conversation with my business partner or my spouse is going to be very difficult in the time in that time. And there's probably also going to need to be some healing after that. Right. Yes, absolutely. I I believe that we're coming a good faith and I'm doing what has shown to lead to success, that it will be better in the long run. And as you do that more yourself, the art of reciprocation applies, right? So if you go all in on your relationship, right? You know what your your significant other tends to do. They tend to reciprocate those same
0: actions. That's correct,
1: right? As as members in the gym see me go all in, and my training partner, guess what they do? They tend to, to mimic the same behavior. Yes, right. That's so like that's, that's
0: such the- a crucial yeah. point. Really, it's such a crucial point. That's that's. You know, we need to tell that everyone who uses the excuse of, oh, I tried this and that, but I didn't get the same back, so I quit. And what we are saying is the reason you didn't get the same back is because you didn't go all in. Yes. If, you, if, yeah. if life doesn't give you, you know, that reminds me of um, Cain and Abel for some weird reason. Yes. If you don't give life or God or whatever... Yes. Whatever it expects from you, if you don't go all in, you won't get back what you deserve, right?
1: And, and, and here's the thing, too. And you can live with this, too. So if, if you went all in on your training and you said, the next two years, I'm going to make it to Elite 15 or I'm going to run this marathon or whatever, and you don't get that. But you still went all in. Let me tell you on the other end of that you're going to be but now you now you can go to you can live the rest of your life knowing that you actually gave everything you had that's right so you don't have to live with the what if same thing you with your relationship i humbled myself i admitted my faults i said this is what i need out of our relationship this is what i want to contribute to the relationship i want to build something amazing with you and if you do that you truly humble yourself and you're coming with a servant's heart and you know you're going to try to give life to this other person and they don't reciprocate that You can be at peace that you did everything you could in my business. Same way. I don't want to, what I'm trying to achieve, I don't want it to fail and then have to live the rest of my life going, you know, I, I really didn't do everything that was necessary. I avoided that really difficult conversation. And that moment was a precursor to why things didn't work out. Yes. Right. But if I did truly go all in and the business still fails or whatever, I can sleep knowing, like, hey, I legitimately did everything that I knew to do and in good faith and did the best I can. And, and maybe that's not what God had for me or maybe that's not the outcome I was going to get. But, like, I can be at peace mm-hmm. with that. You see what I'm saying? Yes. If you don't go all in, you may have these outward expressions of excuses, but I'm telling you inwardly, you are always going to live with the what if if I had done this, right? You, or you're going to live with, I let these excuses get in the way. It's hard to go all in, man, because it's scary because it does not, it does. let do is it guarantees you either way. You can look at yourself in the mirror and you can know you did everything you did. And I think that again, that's that part of that journey part. Um, Mm -hmm. So you can't be afraid that if you do go all in, you're not going to make it because there's no assurance of that. Of that, right. there's no promise. You know what I mean? You could go all in on a relationship, and someone does something else, but you can know that you did everything you could. You yeah, can it's a, train it's, your it's heart. it's a leap
0: of faith. Yeah, yeah, for sure.
1: You have to. You have to have the belief. You got to know. But when you go all in, you can live at peace with that. And I think that's what I'm trying to do, and and with my fitness, with my business, with my relationship with my spouse, my relationship with my kids, mm. you know, I even think about this as kind of a kind of a side tangent, but my own children, I have three sons.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: They basically think I'm Captain America. Okay. <laughs> and when I hear dads, they're like, you know, I'm tired. I don't have the energy. I'm like, I would rather die than have worked 16 hour a day, worked out for four hours, trained eight people, come home and my youngest wants to kick the soccer ball, and I tell him I'm too tired. Jesus. In no way am I gonna do that. Yeah. Now obviously there's some times where you can't logistically you can't make it work, you're literally eating dinner or whatever, but if <laughs> your excuse is like you're too tired, like you gotta man up.
2: Yeah. You gotta
1: be right. Because again, you gotta you're investing that time in that relationship and you don't realize like that time that you spent with your son or daughter, that, that is like pivotal and critical yeah. for their development as a person.
0: You know right, what I'm saying? You're, like, you're acting as a role model, very literally. Yeah. When well,
1: I hear guys are like, you know, I'm tired, I don't have the energy for my kids and all that. Like, I want to encourage them. Like, you don't have to be world champion, business owner, all these things. Like, you can start here and you start bettering yourself. So instead of saying no to your kids every time they want to play, you start saying yes. Yes. You know, and, and when you have the hard conversation with your wife, sometimes you got to come to the table first and get rid of that cold shoulder, like take some, res- some onus and take some responsibility. But I do think, you know, back to our main point is that, that it should, you learn these tools. There is a real tool out there that you can use to help you practice this type of behavior every day. And that's, that's fitness. Absolutely. You know I mean? And uh, if there's anything I think I want you or anybody who listens to the podcast to take away from it is self account, self responsibility, right? and using fitness as a tool, but like it's not a singular event in your life. Use it to better yourself. Because you don't want to get to the end stage of life and have not done the things you wanted to. Whether you accomplished them or not, I'm telling you it's going to be a lot worse to have not accomplished them because you didn't try. And you didn't go all in. The biggest failure is never trying. (sighs) That's the biggest failure.
0: Oh, boy. That was was a good one. So, look, um, my conversations tend to go... Much more into like mindset talk than I would have anticipated in the beginning. <laughs> I would have wished to to, to discuss um, a few more practical things with you. And as far as I can tell, we have only a couple minutes left. Tell me, I tell have, me, what is what is your? My eleven
1: got pushed. I actually did my eleven at eight a.m. So I have. We, won't, we, need, we don't need an hour obviously I got to eat but I, don't, I have time.
0: Okay, so okay that's, that's, anything, that's great actually. That's great. Yeah, you have anything, I, go ahead, come again? I
1: said if you have anything practical or application yeah, oh, we can pl- discuss that.
0: Pl- please, let, let, let's do that if you have some time left. So um, we discussed something that's crucial like I'm, I'm not saying that this is not important but um you know usually when i when i invite um guests they only have like so much time for the conversation but then we go into a truly interesting topic because I'm, I'm really into like psychology and how the mind works and all these things that we just talked about and then that's all, the only thing we talk about and then after like 90 minutes i'm like okay you have to go and we didn't really talk about anything else which is not a shame at all because I was a truly great conversation that I usually ha- usually have with these people, but let's get a little bit more, uh, practical. Um, I want to use a, one question as a segue. So, um, so what, 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 what struck me is very interesting is that the, f- the first hybrid competition you competed in, you, you won. And then the first Harris competition you competed in, you won. So, um, Tell me, tell me what what was your training style like before you entered Hyrox, and then what has changed since then to to make you continue improve continuously.
1: so yeah, you're right. It's it's kind of weird to have success early on, but like the first like OCR hybrid race I did was 2007 uh, or 2009, and I won it. My first Spartan race I did, I told, I, and, I, and every time I told everybody I would win it. The first Spartan race I did, I won. the first Hyrux I we won. Uh, my training leading up to that, again, I told you that I really, like, studied, like, a lot of the movie training, and, like, hybrid was kind of a thing, uh, you know, studying endurance and, and powerlifting and all that, and then kind of aesthetics, so... To answer the question, I was doing leading up to the leading up to those competitions prior to High Rocks. I did a lot of trail running, um, and then I, I did what we now know is like a MetCon. That was not a word prior to CrossFit, right? And I didn't call it that. We called it circuit training. So <laughs> I would go to like a Globo gym, right, like a Gold's gym. This is like circa 2005, 2006. I would get on a motorized treadmill. And I would run 400 meters as fast as I can. I would literally do this. I'd hop off the treadmill because I knew there were 15 women standing behind me trying to get it. I'd take my water bottle. As soon as the tread would stop, I'd put my water bottle down on the treadmill so nobody could get on it. I'd run across the gym, grab dumbbells, do bench press and rows. And then I would run back to the treadmill right. and snatch it. And I would do like 15 rounds of this. Wow. And thinking to myself like, Man, if I was Captain America, like I'd need to be able to like run fast, but I need to like be strong and look good. Yes. So like I started doing this type of stuff um, uh, you know, 20 years ago. And uh and then I would like time myself on it, you know, and try to figure this as again. This is pre-crossfit era, never heard of that. Um and so I started training like that, and I just enjoyed being outside. It's funny, I actually do not like to run. <laughs> um I like to be outside. So I would trail run. Yeah, um, and so I'll run and do that, and then I'll go to the gym and I do those types of workouts that were like some combination of a bodybuilding and uh, cardio. We now know that as like interval weight training, right? Yeah.
0: We so now know that, that as high like rocks. <laughs> there oh, okay, there we go. So, um, if you mind repeating the last, I don't know, two sentences. So I-
1: That was kind of how I did the first one. And then it evolved. The second one, I got into like a gym that had a lot of equipment. They had like tires. um, They had sleds. They had uh, incline treadmills, stairmasters. And I started just doing crazy stuff. Like I would get the sandbag, go to the stairmaster, and then I I would run and push the sled. And this is like like 15 years ago. Mm. Um, I would just do crazy stuff like that. And I would train like that two to three days a week. And then I would do like bodybuilding the other days and then I would have like a running specific day and I was not competing. I had no intentions to compete. I just wanted to be, I just wanted to be fit. Right. Um, and so I do my first, uh, Spartan race and I win it training like that. Um, and then I opened some other companies and I got busy and had kids and like, I didn't think I'd ever really compete. Uh, and then I, uh, there's a whole nother story. We could do an entire podcast about where reach came from and how I got to that. But, Oh, yeah. I heard about high rocks and I was kind of already training more of a hybrid style because I really loved the sport of CrossFit. I had no desire to compete in it. Right. It was not for me, uh, but I really loved watching it. Yeah. Right. My wife and I, we watch it. It's like, we watch two things together. And that's soccer and CrossFit. That's it. Um, you know, nice. like I, I, we watch every league and we watch every regional. Um, so anyway, When I heard about High Rocks, I had had already owned the gym at this point, but Mm -hmm. we were training training a hybrid style without having a sport to apply it to because what I was doing would not make you successful in CrossFit.
2: Yeah, yeah. Right?
1: I have no problem with people doing snatches after they get off the assault bike. That just wasn't for me. And I was of the opinion, like, I don't see why Soccer Mom has to do that. Like, that's too complicated. Um, So I was still training to be really fit. And then I hear about Hyrox. Wow. Right? And, De- and I was one of the founding DECA affiliates um, a couple years ago. And so uh, Yancey Culp's a friend of mine. We started DECA uh, with Jared Cogswell. So I found out about these sports. And then my focus became more of like, I just train hybrid style methodology to now I'm training as a hybrid athlete and a hybrid racer. Right? I think. There are two separations on this. They just talked about this, Rich Ryan and Ryan Kent discussed this. The difference between hybrid training, like you are you train hybrid methodology versus you are a hybrid racer and a hybrid athlete. I think those
0: are different things. Okay. And so, so, so the last the thing sh- you said, hybrid training and hybrid racing are two different things.
1: I think too. So like you can, I'm not trying to tell anybody they're not an athlete because I think if you train hard, that's important. But an athlete is defined by competing, um, in, in my opinion. You don't, you know, if you just play tennis and you never compete in it, then are you a tennis athlete? I, I don't know. I think you play tennis recreationally. So I was training hybrid methodology no. not to compete anything. I just liked being fit, and I liked the way I looked. Yeah. Then these sports came out, and I was like, I think I can be good at these. So then I started laser focusing that, that broad scope of training into being successful at high reps specifically, or mm. OCR, or ECCA. and so that's kind of the evolution. It's like I've always done Metcon and circuit style training with an aesthetic tilt, and as these sports came out, I started laser focusing them to be good specifically at it. It's like saying, I run a couple of days a week, but having no race you're going to do. If you just run a couple of days a week, it's really hard to get better. Like you get you get the initial bump of fitness, but then you plateau and you never really exceed. Uh, But if I run all the time and then I decide, Hey, I'm going to do a 5k and I'm going to, then all of a sudden I go from just being a recreational runner to like, I want to, I want to be a competitive 5k. So then my training, I take the principles of what I've been doing and I laser focus them on 5k specifically. Mm. And so that's kind of how I did. I trained hybrid methodology. And then when racing came out, I train for hybrid sports specifically.
0: Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. Okay. Yeah, the running analogy helped. Um, so I was thinking about um, more high rock specific training for myself and yeah. for, for, for other people in general. How to, um, w- what's the best way to approach it? And I have heard different differing opinions. So I've heard, or in, I'll just I'll just lay out what the, the the two options I have in my mind, and you tell me what what do you think about that. So on the one hand, like one plausible way of approaching hybrid specific training, it is just doing this hybrid style training on a continuous basis, and incorporate and, and just mixing. Exercises and circuit training, and mixing running with strength exercises, like mimicking the actual hierarch race in your workout throughout the entire training process. The other, the other thought I had, the other option I had in my mind was to 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 think which which categories hierarchs consists of. So you do have exercises that are more strength specific, like the sled. Yeah. You might say for some people, the lunges, cause it is quite heavy actually to lunge with, with an additional 20 or 30 kg. Uh, but you do have a big num- a large, huge number of reps. But so there are exercises that are more strength specific. There are certainly exercises that are much more endurance specific, all the machines, all the running, et cetera. And so now my question is, you could do this continuous Hyrux mimicking style training or you could split your training up in cycles where you cycle through a strength cycle and you improve your strength without without mixing it with or mixing it only with very little endurance work then you leave strength for for a while for a couple of weeks or maybe one or two months and you focus exclusively on running and you get better at that and then you come back and repeat or maybe you 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 combine them in a third cycle so what are your thoughts on that Be- because th- what I was thinking is when you train everything together, it's hard to get better at any one specific thing, right? You won't be able to deadlift much more than you did a few months ago. If you only do, you know, the circuit style training, you might improve a little bit over that time, but if you focus exclusively on deadlift, you'll be able to deadlift more. So what are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah. So I think this is really important in the hybrid space right now. So like, Yeah, so you have like just race-specific Metcons and circuit-style training. I think there is a level of bump in fitness that you can achieve there, and then you're going to plateau very quickly. It's not measurable, Mm -hmm. right? You're measuring the times and those Metcons, but you're not singularly trying to get better at any one thing. You're just trying to complete a series of things quicker, right? Right. But not doing any monostructural work to build up on those weaknesses. You're just doing them all under duress, uh, which I think has a place – Further in the training cycle, hmm. for me personally, um, I'm a big proponent of uh, high frequency training, which I'll explain, and then concurrent training. So high frequency training would be more of a uh, like physique and or strength building. So you know I don't have like a chest day or a back day or whatever. Yeah, I basically train all the muscles four to six times a week. Right. But I'm not so stay like you know you can think of like early bodybuilding days. You'd have Mondays international chest day, and you do seven exercises. Your chest is still sore on Friday, yeah. right? It, so I don't. I do. You should do that as a newbie, right? Like the first two years of your training, you should do that. You should train one split a day. But as your training advances, you can train more high frequency. Which means I basically train my chest every day, but it's, right. I'm never sore, right? Um, and and so to answer the question, I, I'm not a huge fan. Um, just doing high rock specific workouts. I
2: see. Right.
1: Yeah. Um, so it doesn't mean I don't do them, but let me give you an example. Mm-hmm. Uh, Reach athlete, which is what I program for, runs seven week cycles. And inside of that, you have two, three week meso cycles. And then you have a one week meso cycle, which is a deload week. Okay. Right. A seven week cycle with a three, three and one. Right. And then I do another seven week. So it's really a 14 week block. Okay. Put okay? it this way let's say the first three weeks is going to be like, I'm going to progress my training. So I would have three weeks of longer, slow and interval work. And then I would have three weeks of longer, slow interval work where I put the machines and running together. I see. And then, I have to load. And then the next one I would do compromised running. And then I would do metcons, including all that. So I think of the strength, the same way, always having a seventh week that's a deload. So the body can decompress, and recover. Um, so the way I like to think about it is similar to the weight training. I might do three weeks of hypertrophy, mm. three, weeks of strength of life, three weeks of like strength, and a deload, and then three more weeks of strength, and then three weeks of like no barbell. We're doing kettlebell and dumbbell work, right? Yeah. As far as heat goes, and so like I'm not training the barbell every single week, right? Um, and so I'm mixing and matching those so that like as it's heavy volume of running you know, there's less work. There's an art and science to it. Okay. Um, and it's going to work different for different people, but I'm a big fan of concurrent training. So like where I understand there is some research that says the like concurrent training can hurt your growth in one versus the other. Right. But like, you well, know when you get out of shape, how hard it is to get back in shape, it sucks. Like think of your hardest when you're in shape, like, and you're trying to get better, like when you're already at ninety percent, five percent of your max, and you're trying to get two percent more. Like you got to go to an extreme place to get there.
2: Oh
0: yeah,
1: I can tell you it's not as hard as if you're in terrible shape and you try to get back in shape. Right. Especially as you get older. Okay. So for me, I like to keep. You know, a lot of people like Taylor. Do you do an off season? You, you know, you finished world championships. Are you taking an off season? At thirty nine years old, no. <sighs> Because I, it would be so awful to take two months off and try to get back to baseline.
0: Right. Right. Whatever off season means, like maybe you do a, a deload week. That's your off season.
1: I'm also not doing high rocks or deca specific metcons.
0: Hmm.
1: I'm not doing high rocks and deca specific conditioning. I'm just getting better at the machines. Right. Yeah. I'm getting my conditioning improving. I'm getting better at my strength, but I'm not dialing into the sport specific because. Look, I don't want to do dead ball over shoulders and sandbag lunges 365 days a year. Yeah. Right? But I can do Bulgarian split squats and, you know, uh, RDLs and all these other things. So, to answer your question, I, I think you start by building on the endurance and the strength. And as you get closer to an event, it starts to tilt more towards event specific. Yeah. But if you just do event specific all the time, it's very hard to measure. How you're getting better?
0: Yeah, that's what so, I was thinking. That's exactly what what I was thinking, and why. See, mm-hmm, go ahead.
1: You're gonna see, in an Instagram world, it's not sexy for me to put a reel up of me doing a 60 minute long slow run on the Peloton. Sure. Right. But it is cool if you see me do a 16 minute metcon where I absolutely blistered through it, and I get cool video. Yeah. Right. That represents like literally like five percent of what I do. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, so again, and I think a lot of athletes keep it a lot of it close to the chest. Mm. Uh, and they just don't want to reveal what they're doing, but yeah, think of it in those terms of like, you're just not going to get better at deadlift if you're not do it, periodizing it over, over like 12 to 16 weeks. You're, it's just, it's hard to get stronger. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's hard to improve your running. Like the reason why I think people do the. Um, the kind of the more circuit stuff and they maybe they do that perpetually is because it's kind of like uh, you know spice is the variety of life or variety is the spice of life they don't want to do the same thing every single Monday. Yeah. But I tell you if you want to be a better if you want to run four hundreds faster, you're gonna have to go to the track every Saturday and you're gonna have to run four hundreds for like 16 weeks. It's just the reality. But the lay person is like I need to come to the gym and it'd be fun and I'm surprised and I'm lying dead on the ground every time. You're not going to get better doing that. Mm. Right? It's sexy and it's cool, but like it it keeps people interested. Right? But what you're talking about is what you should do and what you will do. Right. They're not the same. Right? What you will do is you'll come to the gym because it's something new and sexy every day and you get to have fun. Right? But you know secretly what you should do is you should have a long, slow run every week. You should have tempo runs. You should do interval work, right? The idea is to meld those two. right? So the best training plan is the one that you will actually do. Mm. So finding what I really enjoy doing and what I know I should do to be successful and try to merge those.
0: Yeah, yeah. That makes because sense. You
1: need to show up every single day. So it's a long-winded way of saying I'm a proponent of concurrent training. I don't like to take extended periods off of weight training or extended yeah. period ta- off of conditioning. I believe if you're younger and you know you can you can do that, but as you get older and you have more responsibilities, your body's aging,
0: mm-hmm. it,
1: it's, just, it's more difficult to take three months off oh, yeah. and come back. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah absolutely. When I'm 20, really, I could take the entire summer off from soccer. I literally go back to the first practice. I have the exact same fitness level. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, but when you're my age you know i take a month off and it's like i start training and i'm like i don't know if i'm going to be able to do this
0: right that's what does happen yeah. with with aging that's for sure so your your ability to get back to your previous level quickly that hard. declines very hard and also your ability to um to recover as quickly as you did when you were younger also declines with age and that that's for sure so that makes it. That's make, that makes it um, significantly more difficult to actually progress as you age. It's not impossible. Especially like if you build up such a great foundation for the past like 15, 20, whatever years, then like at least maintaining is possible. So you can maintain a fantastic level when you're getting 40, 45, whatever, 50 years old. But if you, if you, if you, um, if you start off as like 35 or 40 and you want to get to the level you are at, yeah. This will be really difficult for someone who starts off at 35, because they don't have yeah. this 20 years of cumulative training experience. Yeah, it's... Boy, come on.
1: <laughs> um, but, you know, it's, it's one of those things where I think everybody has a different style and how they can do it. That's just what works for me, and we have right. hundreds of apps and, you know, they've been successful. Not all those uh, banners are mine. Those are other people in the gym. Um, and so I think we have we found a formula that I think works. And part of that is like, you know, I am trying to figure out what will pe- keep people engaged, right? And so that's why my cycles are that's short, true. they're seven weeks, and they're really short, they're three weeks. So every three weeks we're changing up the exercises, but they're still the same movement patterns. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I understand like the psychology of training, like people get bored real quick. Yeah, you know what I mean. In the hybrid space specifically, people are like, they're like squirrels, the next best thing, right? Yeah. Powerlifting mindset and running mindset is they will literally do the same thing for 10 years straight. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, like hybrid athletes are like, oh, OCR, oh, Rick Fitness, oh, DECA. <laughs> like, you know, and they're just, yeah. they just need to consistently do the things that make them a better athlete. And then when you get closer to that event, like, I don't have a high rock season. I don't have a DECA season. Like, I'm just a hybrid athlete year-round. Yeah, yeah. As I get, yeah, yeah, I laser focus in on the movement patterns. But over the entire year, I'm increasing my strength, speed, endurance, and power mm-hmm. and resiliency. And so if you think of it that conversation, you're not like your whole year is contingent upon these three races.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You see? And So you're gauging your success on how well you do in these three races. That's approaching it like this is my sport and I have a season. I, I, I don't look at it that way. I'm like I just want to be fit all year and like a race shows up, I'm four weeks out and I can go and have a great performance. That's right. You know what I mean?
0: That's right. I think that, I think long term it's a more it's a more sustainable strategy. Yeah. Because if if you identify with this event and this is what you're the one. Who is like, let's say you're the world champion of Hyrox. That's who you are. And then at some point, this will come to an end. At some point, there will be faster, younger athletes that will take over. Like you won't, Hunter won't stay world champion when he's sixty, right? Yeah. Like at some point, it's over. And if this was all your identity was about, then you'll be lost for a long time. You'll be like, okay, what, what what now? Like now now this whole my whole identity is crushed because I'm not the High Rocks world champion anymore. Whatever. And so if, if if your if if your higher aim is something other than the actual or higher than only the, the the actual competition, that will allow you to to continuously get better. Um and you can use the competition as a tool to see, you know. Yep. Am I progressing? Are things going right? You know, so it, it, it's a it's um it, it you can use it as a tool. I think that's the right way to think about it, yeah.
1: Well and, and, and look at it this way too. So, you know, there were obviously business reasons why I wanted to win a world championship. <laughs> Certainly. Right? It opens up podcast opportunities, it opens up sponsorship opportunities. Yes. At the end of the day, it actually opens up my ability to influence other people. Yeah. So there is like the inner desire and drive and ego feeding and all that, of like wanting to win. That's, that's very important to me. Yeah. Um, what's more important to me is that it just gives me a platform. Fair. Right. Cause like you said, there's going to come a time where I can't win and that I may never win again. But if people only, they only attach to me as like this one time winner and I have a season and the rest of my life is like, it's just centered on winning this and I'm not doing anything else the rest of the year than like, the value that I offer to other people is only as good as my next win. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then internalizing like this validates me, right? Like if I obviously I wanted to win I'm a business person, all that, and it, it certainly helps. But like whether you win or not, they're not gonna say they're not gonna not subscribe because I'm not doing a race. Right. You see what I'm saying? Like my my legitimacy as a coach is not contingent on me continuing to race yes my the, my fulfillment in life is not contingent on me winning races but it certainly helps and so to kind of think about that then it takes a lot of the pressure off of like having to consistently perform yes. right
2: yes it's like
1: i mean if i'm just being brutally honest the goal was to like i you know i'll be 40 this year i don't have unlimited time mm. okay i don't want to look back and say i didn't give it my all but like my real goal is like I um, was I win uh, High Hyrox doubles world championship. I win deca mile world championship and some other deca events or doubles or whatever it is. I have these specific goals. I am using those as um, platforms. Right. to lo- to my business because the business is sustainable. Being a elite athlete is not a sustainable endeavor. Yes. Right. But being a generally fit person and running my business is sustainable, and that's, I want to do that. That's so, exactly you know, right. It, yeah, provides some credibility and it gets you some attention, but so it gets the it gets the eyes on you, right? But if you have nothing to provide beyond the fact that you won, then everybody's going to leave.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You see what I'm saying? You're only as good as the next win. Mm. But if you use win and like you're like, look at me, I'm amazing, but you don't offer value in people's life they're not going to stick around so yeah. for me i'm using this i look at it as work if i'm just honest with you like mm. it's like a job i want to go win these so that i can use this to enhance my platform so that people will follow our training so i can grow my online business you know and people fall fall in love with kind of our training mindset and the things that we do at reach and if it took winning a world championship for them to find out who i was then winning the world championship was worth it right yeah yeah ultimately it just draws more eyes in but like you said that's not as if if i internalize the fact that people are only going to buy my product perpetually if i keep winning then you are not going to keep winning yeah yeah you see what i'm saying then it becomes what we talked about self-fulfilled prophecy you think you're only valuable because of your winning mm, right mm. i have used it as a tool to capture eyes
2: mm. you know
1: and to understand like what it took to get there, you, that may not be your goal, but I can help you get to wherever you want to go. Right in right? your right. fitness, may you not know, be doubles world championship level. It may be like I'm going to do my first high rocks, or it may be I'm a busy mom and I want to work out three days a week. How do I do that? Yeah. Right? If you found out, if you learned who I was because of this podcast or whatever, then I have accomplished my goal.
0: Right. You
1: see what I'm saying? I don't ever have to win another high rocks again. I don't care. Right. That's right. Um, on the front of that. There's the competitive athlete side of you, which is like, where do I go now? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's the place I'm at now is like, do I have to win it again? Mm. Because like, it's hard as a as a competitor to be like, oh, just do high rocks and DECA for fun now. Mm. Man, like, you know what's really fun? Winning. What's <laughs> really fun. You know what I'm saying? Yeah.
0: Absolutely. Still, like, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: One of the things that I've struggled with is just a person is like, how can I continue to do these races? And I know what the answer is. I'm just not willing to accept it yet because I don't feel like my best years are behind me.
0: I mean, right? that's, that's fine. You know, you don't have to get rid of the desire to win. I mean, there's nothing. There's nothing wrong with that. I think. I think it's actually. I think it's actually wrong when parents try to convince their children that you know winning is is you know somehow you know not 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 yeah. inclusive or like immoral or you you shouldn't be aiming at that because it makes them well it makes them it makes like it, it doesn't make them it doesn't make them into stronger people who like it makes them into cowards into harmless people not strong people who are Right, you know, you know what I'm saying. Like, into harmless people, who are not, who are not capable of winning. Like, you want, you want your. At the same time, you want to be a good sport. You want to be someone who is fair. You know, who, uh, who respects other, other, um, other sportsmen, other um, team players. So th- this is this is part of the process. But 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 saying that winning is is, is evil or that, that it's, it's not it's yeah. not good in itself. I think that's I think that's preposterous. Yeah.
1: It is. It is. I agree. So, you know, uh, it, uh, winning is always going to be important because I think it's fun. Yes. Um, and uh, I'm, also, like, I'm in that weird place of like I'm signed up for a high rocks in Chicago to do co-ed uh, with uh, a woman from the gym. So good friend of my wife's great athlete. She's won Boston a few times and a uh, good runner, but she's new to hybrid fitness. And, you know, the, the co-ed space is very competitive now. So like, obviously my goal is to like go and win, but I have to be like realistic about like where I'm at my versus where she's at. And that, that does not negate her at all. It's simply a time game, right? Like if you've just not been in it long enough, it's really hard to have the success. Um, But our goal is to go there. Like, I want to come home with a banner. Like, that's our goal. And I told her, I was like, she's like, you know, I don't want to just go and do it for fun, but I, like, I got to be realistic. I I don't think I have, we can win. I said, that's fine. But I tell you what, I'm going to do everything possible I can to make That's sure right. we're, we win or we're on the podium. And That's so, right. you know, whether we do it a lot, it, it doesn't change how I feel about you. I'm not going to blame you one way or the other. But I tell you what, if you're going to be out there in the course of me, I'm going to do everything possible for us to have the best outcome.
2: That's right. You
1: know, and it, we ran a time trial and it was pretty good. And first time she'd ever done it. And she, she got done and she's like, I don't man, I didn't feel like I really contributed that much. And I said, okay, well, you're consistent on your runs. I said, the goal for us is, like, you're doing things that allow me to do my best. Yes. And then I'm taking up more work for you to be able to run your best. That's right. Right? Well, as a result, we are getting the max potential that we can both bring to the table. That's right. So she, you know, that mindset of, like, I didn't feel like I did that much because I should have done more zone work. But, like, let's say you did more zone work and we were two minutes slower. Yeah. Right. And so then just kind of having that and that discussion, but like, man, I'm excited about that race because like, she's gotten really fit Wow! and like we're training together. So it's like, I'm really excited to see how we do. You know, I, like I said, I really want that banner because they look awesome on the wall.
0: Oh yeah. I think people,
1: what it takes to, I actually hung my world championship banner up out there and members made me take it down. They're like, that banner is worth too much. You need to frame it.
0: Oh, I see. I see.
1: That's too hard to get. don't put that up there where it's going to get dust and get destroyed you know right all right. Those stone to get to this one go we'll, we'll pay to have it framed uh, which was kind of a cool experience awesome. but, uh, yeah so it's it's a kind of a strange place to be but I think at the end of the day winning or losing your your goal should always be
0: to ach- do your best do your best yeah, yeah. you know? yeah yeah do your yeah, best and, 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 and get the rest yeah.
1: Yeah, because I've had unsuccessful races before. Sure. Um, But they were successful. I I would say I didn't get the result I wanted, but like going back, I looked at them, I realized they were successful because the trials I had to go through to even finish the race. Like I'm proud of that. Right. Right. When I could have just walked the course, you know.
0: And maybe there was some aspect of the race that you were better at compared to the last one. Like uh, what comes to mind? I've done I've done three Hyrox races so far. First one was in, in Bremen here in Germany. Second one Berlin and um, I qualified for Manchester and then I was in Manchester in May. And so That's awesome. and so my, 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 my best single race wasn't pro, it was men's singles, was okay. my first one in Bremen. It wasn't Berlin because I didn't do race. enough running between Bremen and Berlin. Yeah. But I did a lot of strength training. I got stronger and interestingly enough, when I compared my times, the overall time was slower. I was one hour what nine minutes for for Bremen and then one hour eleven or twelve can't remember the exact number for Berlin which like you you might say okay I, it's a failure right I, I didn't get better it's not what I wanted but but when I looked at the individual times from our exercises my I think my lunges were faster my sled push was faster like the strength exercises were faster but then my my running was slower and because running is you know, 50% of the entire race, overall, I got slower. And then when I did Manchester, I prepared a lot for Manchester and it was my first time competing in pro and I got one hour 14, which I was very happy about. And someone might say, well, it's it's not even like time-wise, it's not much better compared to singles, but then, well, weights are, are higher. So, so that's like,
2: higher.
0: yeah. And, and considering that, my time... Didn't even get that much worse. you know as a whole, I actually yeah. progressed and my running was much faster compared to the others. So So you That's might good. say you, you had unsuccessful races, but maybe you you did something different in your training and when you when you look at the individual time times of all the exercises, they would reflect what you did in your training, most likely.
1: I agree with that. I think you, you kind of take the positive when you get a bad draw. Actually I have an athlete, he's a good friend of mine. He ran at worlds as well. We, uh, we ran U.S. Nationals together, got third in the 40 to 49, and uh, it was his best race. And uh, He did a deck of strong a couple days ago, and he messaged me, and he put it on his Instagram, and he said, it was not my best time. He did like a 1410, I think, and he's done a 1238 before, but he said my row, ski, and bike were the fastest I've ever done it. Yes. Right? and. But he said, you know, it was 102 degrees in Florida and it was outside. He had never done the event outside. Yeah. And so the tank and the burpees got him at the end. But he was like, man, like I felt like an absolute unit on the three machines because we have done so much work on that. You know what yes. I'm saying? And so like, he was like. Because of the heat. You know, he's like, but I look at this race like as a massive success.
0: Yes.
2: You know, and you
1: might be well, you were a minute and a half slower. Like, how is that a victory? You know what I'm saying? But it's yes. like, no, man. All, you know, my fitness is going to get better. And if I'm not out in 160 degree weather and haven't slept in two days, like, I'm, you know, I could probably break my other time. So he was very encouraged. Yeah, yeah. Where I think a lot of people would be like really bummed, you know. Yeah,
0: uh, yeah, so, absolutely. yeah, I certainly agree with that. Uh, let me tell you a funny story. You know what happened in Berlin? Uh, uh, I had a friend of mine um, t- t- talking to me about that and actually I didn't know that, um, that-, that this story was going to be so funny to-, to-, to other people as well. But I-, I just blasted through the burpee broad jumps and it was a stupid idea. It was like the most stupid idea of the entire race. I did them nonstop in like 1 minute 30 something seconds. It's 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 ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. And my friend told me I've never I've never seen a burpee broad jump time that fast
1: (laughs) And then the rest of the race
0: like (laughs) I had to rest for like three minutes in the rock zone after that I was I I don't know what happened to me. I, oh, I, I, I'm I not sure if I would even be able to do that in training. Something got me that moment, and I was just like, okay, I'm going to do these burpee broad jumps. was always it's one discipline. It. I was very good at burpee broad jumps. But that, yeah. that day, I don't know what happened to me. But that was something. That's so,
1: yeah, that's so funny and so true. I see people do, do that. Uh, we had a really great run, Jared and I, at, at the U.S. Nationals, and I just crushed the burpee broad jumps. But we were running about 15 seconds a lap slower than what I'm used to running. So I had all this energy. And I got to it, and it really pushed us ahead in the race. Um, but I have had times where, like, I went too hard on something because yeah. I was, like, over the list and and you end up paying the price. So that's kind of a funny thing because you, you really have to, like, experiment with that in your training. Sometimes that's hard to do. Yeah. Like, you don't want to, like, because, like, it might mess up your session. But, like, I, I'll give you a quick example.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, I raced in the uh, age group deck a mile last year at Worlds. And I go in as the favorite. And I'm leading the whole race. So I, I just run faster than everybody. And then I deliberately go slow on the zones. And it's funny. I can hear the other coaches like, he's saving himself for the runs. Like, you have to make up a margin on the zones because he's deliberately going slow. So I had this whole plan, right? And I, I get to the bike, the assault bike, which is zone seven. And my plan is to ride 400 watts. And it takes this exact amount of time. Well, they were different bikes. And I get on the bike, and it takes me almost 30 seconds longer to complete the same amount of calories using the same wattage. The guys who came behind me sprinted on the bike and took a risk, and it ended up being 10 seconds faster than they had planned because of the bike differential. So the second and third place guys passed me, and I lost the race because of it. Oh, no. Now, juxtaposition that with this now. Now when I do my training, I get to the bike. And I take a risk in my training. You know what I do? I sprint the freaking bike. <laughs> right? And so, but I need to test it in my training. Yes. To see, but like, we hate to, like, have an unsuccessful uh, trial in training, right? But, like, that's the best place to test it. Yes. So, my training, I would, I literally write out everything. I'm going to do all my splits. It's all calculated out. And I just follow the plan. But at the end of the day, a race is a race. Yeah. You have to race it You know, everybody's like, oh, I don't worry about what everybody else does. Like, no, if you want to win, you have to beat other people. That's right. Right. Now what I've been doing in my training is like, I dread it, man. Every time I come up, I'm like, coming in on that run, I'm like, you got to sprint this thing. (laughs) You know, obviously it's going to suck because you're going to do the 25 calories in like 40 seconds. You know, you're not going to do a full blast, but you're going to get through (laughs) it quick. And I look at that and I look at the time differential and it's like a minute and 20 seconds faster. And, like, that's the difference between first place and third, you know, it was, like, 40 seconds. And I'm, like, I'm going to lose some time, you know, on the runs and everything after because I sprint this bike. But, like, you got to test it in the workout. You, what you did is you tested it in high rocks.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, and then it ate you alive. And, like, we've all been there, man. We've all, we've all done so Yeah, I, I'm yeah, more for sure. Like, I'm going to test this first and kind of see. But after that, I was, like, I am never letting that happen again. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I cannot believe I lead the whole race and then these beasts beat me from behind. You know, because they were willing to gamble, mm. and I was sticking to my strategy. And sometimes you got to take you got to take risks in a race, right. and a great place to do that is to take risks in your training. You don't have to do it every day, but like there should be some time where you, you take some risk. It's hard to do in training because there's no you get no glory, right? So, no that, that
0: yeah well yeah that's right you don't you don't get any any glory from that from, from front the people at I don't
1: care least but here's how fast your time trial was at home. I don't care
0: <laughs> right right So for you for you Chicago is coming up next when is that?
1: Yeah so I have um, High Rocks Chicago that is November uh, I think either 11th or 18th there's one in Texas and one in Chicago. I, I think it's November 18th. But before that, I'm doing CrossFit Mayhem's Legends of the Falls.
2: Oh, yeah. Okay. Um,
1: and that's a OCR. It's a four-mile obstacle course race with fitness zones. Nice. So, like, run in the woods and do a salt bike.
2: You know, oh. and then there's,
1: like, a wall ball to So it's a four-person team, two men, two women. And you have to carry one sandbag for the whole team. I've done it a couple of times. Uh, but this year, I actually have the guy who beat me in deck a mile. He's my teammate. Very nice. And then his his girlfriend, and then uh, another athlete that we got. So I'm really excited to race with them. That will be in uh, October. And then we're trying to host a deck of Mile in September. So I'm hoping to have a deck of miles September, Legends of the Fall is October. And then in uh, November, I would do High Rocks Doubles. And then I'm actually thinking about maybe doing Conor McGregor's race at some point. He's got one in uh, January in Washington, D.C. Okay. And then there's one in Miami so that's the plan right now but as far as my long term high rocks I don't have a plan because they've not released the rule book for doubles pro You know, so I'm kind oh, of stuck okay. right now if you went and did a doubles right now you would actually just qualify for age group
2: Yeah.
1: Okay? so because it's the open weight and the first doubles pro race is actually Manchester in January and I don't know when the first one will be oh. in the US
2: I see. So I
1: think, you know, they've not said, but I think what's going to happen is they're going to do a doubles pro division. They're going to take the top 15 teams.
0: Mm. Right? Is that, that, like, a, is that like a new it. category or something, double pro?
1: Yes. 1st They've not announced this, but they do have a doubles pro division. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it's in Manchester, but yeah. they've not explicitly explained the rules. So, mm. like, for example, Colin Stieper and I, who uh, we won the championship. We won in the pro weights. Uh, so we want to get the best teams to compete at Doubles Worlds Pro. Yeah. And so it would be like the Elite 15, there's no age group. But oh, there's okay. no racing scheduled in the United States. So like I can't plan my season out until I know whether that's going to be at the Worlds or not. Right. You know what I'm saying? And then like with Colin, he's trying to race Elite 15, but he has like no chances to make it. Like he's got he's got to like go overseas. Um and so if he doesn't make Elite 15 and they do a pro doubles race in the states, we will race together to go try to defend our title. That's kind of the plan, but right now there's no way to know what's going to happen because the rule book's not out. It's kind of frustrating, but
0: Right, right. Do you actually That's why I'm not do, do you actually ever race in single races? Is it mostly double?
1: One. Yeah, I've done one. Um, it's a long story, but the short version is uh, I'm extremely prone to cramping oh. I've never done a race where I didn't cramp. Oh, no And so yeah, the first US nationals we won I had cramps for two miles and uh, Man, oh, I Christ. From, uh, oh, I've seen a I've seen a
0: story on Instagram where you sh- where you were showing off like your quads and yeah. One of them was kind of oh, sorry. One of them was really yeah. I don't know contracted like something weird was going on with your left left uh, quadriceps
1: you know, for example, when we raced in Worlds, I got a cramp on the rower and had to get off the rower, and Colin had to finish it.
0: Yeah. And I
1: drew a hot shot, and then I had a lacrosse ball from somebody in the crowd gave me a lacrosse ball, and I laid on the ground and massaged oh. my leg for oh, the funny. world championship. Yeah, so that's been the main reason I've not done uh, solo. Now, I can say I have done many solo trials here at the gym. Um and, and and they are exceptionally fast. Right. With cramps. Um right. and when we do time trials here at the gym, they tend to be slower than what they are at the race. Yes. And I've done something that I, I believe would qualify me for Elite Fifteen. I was just gonna uh, ask, first-
0: so why why not qualify for Elite Fifteen? <laughs>
1: so the first race I did, I was I was six minutes into the race and had full body cramps. Oh boy. And then I finished you know, it took me an hour and eleven minutes to finish the worst race experience in my life.
2: Jesus. Uh, but I finished
1: um, and I, my whole body hurt for weeks, man. Like I thought I had torn my left quad. When you race doubles, someone else can help you. Yes. But the circumstances of that was like, I had actually not trained for singles mm. and my straight backed out a week before the race, but I was coaching athletes. So I just switched my, um, registration to singles pro. while I was there, the guy was staying with his fiance broke up with him the night before so we what? ended up staying up all night
2: <laughs> what the fuck
1: right we stayed up all night which was terrible and then i coached four teams the next day having on no sleep and then i raced at 5 p.m and actually colin steefer and dylan were there at the same time and there's a picture of us all together but we didn't know each other
2: oh my goodness um,
1: and man by the time i got to the skier both triceps my lats and my quads were already cramping whoa and they video of me and it's man it is you can see the holes in my legs as I'm running Whoa. but like I was like I'm not quitting you know I wanted to quit really bad but I was like I'm not gonna quit and I ended up getting second in my age group and I finished I think like a <laughs> or 10 um I've done a lot of races but that was terrible so the main reason I don't do them is because of that like it's almost a impo- like I've never done a race where I didn't cramp if it's less than 45 minutes typically I'm good but even when I run time trials, it's like clockwork.
2: Really? I don't know what
1: it is. I will say this. We have an IV, IV infusion clinic now at my gym, and uh, I did one last week after absolutely brutal session on Friday morning and a sauna session. So I had sweat a ton. I trained a bunch. I did a sauna session. The next day, I ran 10 400s and four 200s, no cramps. Oh, wow. So you know, uh, my thought process is, hey, man, until they figure out doubles, maybe I go do a doubles pro, but I get an infusion, you know, 12 to 24 hours before the rest. What
0: is it? Is it just water and electrolytes? Anything special? It's electrolytes.
1: Um, you know,
0: it's, it's all like amino acids and things like
1: that, electrolytes primarily. Um, and then I would just not train my legs for a week because of the over contraction in your muscles, right? Um, so the plan is to like, if I do a doubles, do the infusion the day before and not train legs the week up um, and then have hot shots with me. So hot shots are these little things you can drink yeah. and they burn, your throat, if you've heard of it, they burn your throat. And so it hits the central nervous system and it sends a signal to the nerves to tell them to quit pulsing.
2: Because that's
1: what your muscles are doing. Um, And they, they work, but like if you're in the middle of a race and you have to drink something that burns your mouth, it's like it tastes horrible. <laughs> I mean, it takes a few minutes to work, so.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: One of those things where, like, I want to do it again because I want to prove to myself. Like, I already proved to myself I can finish the race if I cramp, right? Yeah. But I would love to see myself be able to do one without cramping. Like, how fast can I go? It's not world champion speed, but, like, I think if I had a good day and I'm training hard, like, you know, with some of the splits that I've done here, I, I think I could have a time that would be close you know, at least top thirty. But I think if I really focused on it, I think I could do it. That's if I don't know where I'm going to go at this point. You know what I mean? If right. I don't do doubles, do I? I I did say a year ago my goal was to win worlds doubles and then to make elite fifteen the next season. Mm. So the next season, you know, and I technically have not done a high Rocks race, so it's not off the table. Um, but qualifying now is very different. But it would be cool to like go and put up a good time, whether it qualifies or not. You know, yeah, I'd that's love to do sure. it.
2: You
1: know what I'm saying? Like, just based on the splits that I know I can run and all that. I, you know, I've run a sub 64 times here at the gym, um, so I, and that's with wow. cramps. So I know I can do it. Uh, but cramping at the race is a totally different. It's a different environment. You know, yeah, I don't yeah, have yeah. all of really. So you know, we'll
0: see. I don't know. Awesome. Um, okay. Look, we are um, almost, almost two hours in, I think, yeah. I think we had, you know, there are like many more questions I'd like to ask you, training specific, and, um, you know, we could talk, we, took, we could talk about your, your your gym and like everything else you do professionally, but we could, we could also save that for another time, I think that's yeah. what we, what we should do.
1: I really enjoyed. it, I look forward to staying in touch with you and following your journey, listening to your podcast. You know, follow your, your fitness journey and just your life journey in general. It's like I – one of the best things about hybrid sports and High Rocks in particular is all the amazing people I've gotten to meet.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And right. that's what I really love
1: about it. Like I will always stay in the periphery of the of the sport just because of the travel. Like how –
0: it's awesome. Absolutely. No, that's, that's awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for these nice words and um, yeah. thanks. Yeah, thanks again for agreeing to talk to me. That was that was lots of fun, and that was very insightful. You know, both parts: the mindset part and the one we we talked a bit more about training spe- specific uh, matters. And so, um, yeah, I wish you I wish you all the best with with your really? preparation and everything else that's coming up. The the uh, business project that you mentioned. Um, and, um, yeah, so if, in case you should be nearby in Germany somewhere, <laughs> just let me know. Absolutely. And if I, if I should be visiting the US, know. I'll let you know too. I plan
1: to come back, so don't you worry about that, but yeah, I really enjoyed it, Max, I appreciate your time, and like, you ever want me back on, I'm happy to do it. Hopefully you can get a couple nuggets from our discussion, I, Absolutely. and then, uh, you know, hopefully yeah, I appreciate your time. We'll talk soon.
2: Awesome.
0: Talk soon. Have a, have a good rest of the day. Take care, my friend. Bye-bye.
2: Take care.